Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to uh, Grow Green with us. <laughs> I'm your host Bart Pratt, and with my illustrious co-host Bobby Booker. It's episode three, and you know, life happens, right? It feels like at usually in podcasting, life happens at like weird episodes. You know, like episode seventeen, it's like some life-changing event has happened for you. For me, it's episode three. I was moving, and this beautiful plant that I love, 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 ultimately destroyed. So I had to turn to Bobby and say, hey, Bobby, uh, I need you to save my plant. I felt like $6 million man in a mission, you know, but those of you too young to understand what $6 million man is, just Google bionic man. And the intro is like, we have the technology. We can save them. <laughs> and it's like, finally, you know, finally, somebody understands. And that's one one reason why I definitely uh, turned to Sister Booker to do the show with me, because there's no other way. Couldn't do it without Bobby. Bobby, how are you? I know you just got off the air at WRTI. How are you doing? You got to unmute yourself. And she might be trying to. I don't know if the app is acting up. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, about, like, social audio. You just never know. <laughs> it's, it's one of the coolest things and the worst things. Like, it's like the best of both worlds, you know. person can unmute. Sometimes, but they can't. <laughs> hey, hey, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you now. <laughs> I finally figured it out. And I have gone from one mic to another, but it, I'm still on point and on purpose when it comes to some green things growing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh man! And you saw the little um, the little plant transfer that I had done right before I went on the air. So I had my my plant uh-huh. therapy, recycling, repurposing, and um, continuing to. Um, hail those green things in life that help us breathe better and feel better because it's just something about plants being in the in our sphere that makes us it calms and brings us at at peace. It just brings a little portion of nature. Oh into yeah. Our space. yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. like totally. Like there's, there's no there's no way opposite that. Um, I don't, you can, I don't know if you can even do it any other way. Like, uh, I guess, like, maybe some aromatherapy. But the thing about aromatherapy is, like, you know, it dissipates after a while. <laughs> so that plant is there, hopefully, for a very long time. At least that was my mother's plants. Yeah, so you, you have, what's your history of plants? Because I am, I, I can't, there were really no house plants in my life growing up and it's something I adopted and embraced and just like my son has always had a cat I've always had a plant since I was eight nine years old so how how do plants play into your you know origin my mother didn't my mother did not give me a plant or tell me uh, hey you should be on a plant she didn't do that so I don't know um I just watched plants I observed plants. Uh-huh. I don't know if I was even allowed to touch them. I don't remember. I don't think so. 
So I don't think I had my first plan until I got to be 30. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah, I wasn't, I think it's, you know, trauma and family life. And, you know, not really being trusted with a plan makes you believe you don't, you can't do it. So I think that's, that's a factor. But yeah, no, she didn't, she didn't. I think she passed. I mean, I, I was a very observant child, so I, I learned. But she wasn't because she passed on a, um, uh, intentionally passed on something to me. You know, that that's, it's, it's just kind of interesting because I believe, just like we've got this, um, when you, you go back and look at some of the psychic and emotional dynamics uh, to the Black experience in America, We've got um, a history, and we're not alone in this. Uh, uh, folk who have been traumatized for any number of reasons have that 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 psychic pain that continues to uh, resonate in subsequent generations. Well, I also believe that there's a a psychic gardener um, that evolves in in each generation there's someone whether or not they've been exposed to um gardening agriculture roots and 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 green things there's just something that is deep within our uh nature for survival that there's someone appointed in every generation to 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 carry that baton forward and um I I sort of have that feeling I was that appointee on a couple of levels. And my green thing is a quiet thing. I mean, people that know me know, but it's just a very private passion. <laughs> yeah, I to really get to know that about you until uh, mm-hmm. I was talking to you about doing a show. Well, actually, I think it before that. It was and... a whole nother show. And then right. this evolved. Right. And now I'm saving your aloe vera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is a whole different story. And and we need to really do something because there are a lot of people that are making movements right now. They may have um they may have started with a, a plant or two. Um one thing about if you're very successful um in your green life, um your plant will love where it's at. And it will gift you by expanding and not just surviving, multiplying. And so, you know, you may start with something nice, small and petite and end up with a real monster. (laughs) So um, and I think you've sort of got a monster on your hands right now. (laughs) um, I'm not sure. I, mean, I definitely think it's growing. It, it, it could, like, I could put it into a box to twice the size of it, and it probably will just like, just, to your point, like, I think mm-hmm. you give it enough space, it, it will just expand, expand, expand. It's, like, it's one of these aloe vera plants that is like just gonna grow. It could, you know, just grow until it there's you no, know, like it's uh, what do you call it? Um, the uh, dang it, what's the name of that play? I can see it with um, the plant play, with the big oh, plant. Oh, uh, 
Feed Me Seymour. Yes, uh, Feed Me Seymour. Was, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's totally where I can see this plant growing to. It's so huge. But it yeah, um, it's 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 also beautiful. It has mm-hmm. it is yeah yeah. It's it's That's got true. its own little fashion show going on. It's like, look at me, because I should <laughs> And, you know, okay, you, you definitely are yeah, a beautiful true. specimen. Right, um, right, right. But, you know, that's the that's the reward. When when you have a... You don't have to have a lot of houseplants. Right. If you have one houseplant, one piece of green in your life, in your space and that just does what it does, there's nothing wrong with kind of basing your space around that one beautiful plant because yeah. it it it's almost like an only child, it just revels in the attention and it just shows off, it brings you back beautiful book reports <laughs> Bring you home straight B's or B's and B's and A's. <laughs> Do a little bit of the Matrix. Oh, Bobby! Bobby's in the Matrix. I was I was uh, sitting in a butt. Yeah, you were. Oh no! Yeah, you were for like a little Uh-oh, bit. Let's try something. Else. A little bit. No, you good. You good now. You just were. Yeah, you're out of the Matrix now. Oh boy, and I I didn't do anything but sit where I'm at. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do a thing. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But but one of the great things is, you know, right now we're in the spring season, and the the beautiful thing about what your aloe vera is also doing is that it's coming out of the dormant phase, um, the winter time when most plants and especially succulents kind of go into um uh what's that uh state of uh of uh, suspended animation and you you know they just basically are are living they're not right. they're they're thriving and right. you may lose a leaf or two because it's winter and sometimes things are like that but boy, they they answer the call. Once the seasons start to shift, so does their grow um, rates. And now oh. these plants are 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 showing off. They're showing their potential. And if they're in a happy place and space, they'll really grow. oh gosh, <laughs> right, they'll right. just become monsters. So now is the time wow. to go around to all of these wonderful places from the box stores i wouldn't suggest anything less than um um a walmart but all of the box stores so the walmarts and home depots uh lowe's which has that wonderful one-year return policy which was i was reminded (laughs) of when i was there this week getting some plants the the cashier well in south philly said don't forget, you've got a whole year. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I, I love announcements. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> it is. It's really but it's, it's, it, But it's a beautiful thing. Um, but now is the time to go through and um, be greedy. When you see a plant, it's, don't always look for new growth. 
mm-hmm. yet get the plant that has the most kind of coming out of its pot. If you Got see it. a plant that has two or three stalks and another one of its uh, cisterin that is that has several more stalks, if everything looks healthy and vibrant, go for the several more. Um, that way, if something does die off, you'll be right back where you started otherwise, but more than likely, that plant is, is seeking to thrive and survive. And so when you once it settles in to its new home, you'll see more new growth. Right. So now is the time to wander around and start to pick and choose um, for your home, your, um, your, in, your inside home, possibly your outside home. A lot of houseplants that you can purchase right now, you can also put them out frost dynamic and we're going into May right now. Um, plants, just don't put them in direct sun. Be very careful about that because uh, just like you can get a sun, plants can too if they're not acclimated to the direct bright sunshine. Um, you know, it's always uh, good to, uh, one of my favorite tricks, in fact, is to open up the Google app on my telephone. And uh, when you open up the Google app in either Apple or um, Android, there's usually a picture. Um, you'll have the camera and the the other open up pointed at the plant. You're Bobby. You're I, in the Matrix again. Oh no! It said we lost you when you say open up the app, point it at the, and then you were gone. You were no. gone. Am and I then, back? <laughs> then, yeah, you're back Am now. Am I back? Okay. You're back. So you you point it, you point your um, you point your uh, camera phone to the plant, and Google will scan and identify the plant, and then start to give you options. Not only will it tell you the scientific name. It'll tell you the popular names and known names for the plant and also care for that plant. So there's no reason for you to ever be in any of these um, uh, places and not know what it is that you're dealing with. Because a lot of times the tags that are on plants um, may be generic. They're not necessarily incorrect but they may not be specific for the plant that you're looking at. And when you use your Google app, you can easily identify what the plant is, how to take care of it, and if it is right for the space that you have in mind for it. If a plant needs um, a direct sun, think about how you're gonna give that plant direct sun. If it's indirect lighting, you need to think about its location. And if it's a plant that requires shade, I mean, some people think that, man, maybe a little bit of sun will help. No, a shade plant is just that. The sun is, uh, it's almost like a little vampire. It it, wow. will, it will frizzle up and just become a whole wow. other thing 
if it gets direct sun. So you don't want to, so you should always be cognizant of the type of plant that, that um, you're purchasing yeah. and, its, and its location. Because if it's in the right location, it will probably thrive. Now, that also includes other things like humidity. You may have to, if you don't water, if it's a plant that doesn't require a lot of watering, it may require misting. And plants generally, they, they like a little shower, especially as we get into these warmer months. So it's never a bad idea to have a mister or a spray bottle that is dedicated to um, just giving that fine mist, like dew would occur in the morning and in the evening. So this is, you're replicating a natural experience that most plants would go through um, in a domestic or wild experience. So you have to, you know, help it out. Um, another way to maintain humidity is to keep a saucer of rocks, um, say those little pebbles. And then another way to also ensure that is to have a saucer of rocks and then put the, that your plant on top of that saucer and that that water the air and all of that will mix together and help to keep the plant moisturized shall we say so instead of uh, slathering lotion on its leaves having those kinds of atmospheres especially as we get into the warmer weather will assist in your plant's uh, livelihood. Wow. These are gems. <laughs> hey, I know a little something about these things. <laughs> yeah. So we never got to ask you your 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 background. It comes just like, how did an eight-year-old get into <laughs> growing stuff? Like, I definitely, there's a little girl who's um, six in Georgia, and she's mm -hmm. the youngest certified farmer. I really want to, you know, ask her. Now I know what she did. She started farming with her grandmother. I'm sorry, her great grandmother at three, and then she's taken on her grandmother, great grandmother past, and she's taken on her great grandmother's legacy. <coughs> but she's six. So, like, how did an eight-year-old in Philly get into gardening? Bobby, you there? We lost you again. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, we're going to, can you hear me now? You can hear you now. Okay. So, you know, I'm, um, wow, we are really having tech difficulties. <laughs> this is crazy. So, I know that Bobby did community gardening. Gardening. You're in the matrix, Bobby. My origin story is that. Let me. Uh oh. So we just heard you say your origin. We just heard you say your origin story is, and then. Yes. 
<laughs> can you hear me now? Yes, you can hear me now. Okay, let me. I can't find the little speaker thing, but you can hear me nicely. Yes, we can hear you nicely. Oh, wonderful! So yeah, you know, um, just to um, my my origin story is that I'm a first generation on my father's side, um, Philadelphian. He was uh, born. My father, Benny Booker, was born in Atlanta, Georgia, raised in Birmingham and decided to come north like so many thousands of African-Americans did um, uh, uh, on the other side of Reconstruction through World War II and what, into the the late 60s. The the Great Migration uh, lasted for well over four decades. Um, So he came north and um, uh, somewhere in the course of him being here, I came along. And, you know, so I'm somewhat of um, uh, uh, a mixture from the, the northern sensibilities and southern standards. <laughs> you know? So um, um, he, uh, he got his grandmother, I mean, his mother, which would be my grandmother, to assist in raising me. In other words, she moved from down south to come north, which she did not like, um, to... <laughs> help rear me. And while she was not necessarily a gardener, they both prescribed to the notion that an idle mind is a playground for the devil. So, and that wasn't that, uh, in other words, if you're not busy, you're going to get in trouble. So I was always busy. And one of those busies was being a part of, um, of a, a gardening program that another Southerner had established in our neighborhood. And she, because we were basically a disenfranchised neighborhood in South, a black neighborhood in South Philly that, that was just completely overlooked and ignored. um, She had a dead end street that she was allowed to reconfigure to her standards. So she established a Boy Scouts troop. We already had a Girl Scouts troop, and I was a member of that. She didn't step on that woman's toes for Girl Scouts. Um, I think she had uh, um, uh, the brownies or something, but she didn't do the Girl Scouts. So it was a Boy Scouts, boys, the, the Cubs, the Boy Scouts, and a 4-H, which is what I was enrolled in. So I became a 4-H'er when I was eight years old and I was given a small plot of land to begin to till. And we had this little three by three plot and each year that you successfully um, managed to reap (laughs) a garden, um, you were allowed to come back the next year and you would get a bigger plot each year that you were successful. So there were kids that had six by six plots. They were, you know, or even more than that. And so um, on the the butt end of a dead end street on the other side of, uh, of uh, Conrail and these trains going by and just other things that were happening in the neighborhood, 
um, us children had this little space to explore and grow. So we had fresh tomatoes and um, flowers and all kinds of vegetables that we not only share it with our families, but we gave to our neighborhood. So we were kind of popular by the time August came around because we were out there, you know, almost like a, like a vegetable Santa Claus, you know, giving out like tons and tons and tons of stuff that we had grown ourselves. So in this little abandoned overlooked part of Philadelphia, we were learning um, skills for self-sustaining um, survival and learning how to be proud of the um, the efforts that we tilled. I received my first awards um, as a as a 4-H'er, and we were up against the Amish, who were acknowledged and known farmers and we won awards that even challenged the Amish who were completely befuddled as to how these kids from around the way were were showing up with first place awards by growing these mind-blowing vegetables like you know big ones size i mean we did all of that stuff size competitions taste competitions um everything that mattered in terms of a garden um and especially vegetable and sustaining and we went up against the amish folk and won and other entities in pennsylvania so i mean that's kind of what i did from about eight until 12. And I uh, left obviously with a skill set and a knowledge base that made me a, a basic um, gardener. And so those are the skills that I still continue to um, use as I cultivate now more house plants than anything. But I still do a lot of outdoor gardening and am always in that zone. That's what's up. That, that was a beautiful story. Uh, I'm wondering what kind of vegetables did you grow that beat the Amish? Um, we did basic stuff. So it was um, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes. Mm. Um, we had uh, corn. Um, we tried our hand at wheat. Um, we our, our, our garden was also enhanced because, again, we were located um just so if people want a visual of it say around 25th and grace ferry where there's a um there's a, a um a railroad uh, there's a bridge uh, a... got you in a matrix again <laughs> Bobby, Bobby. I feel like you know. Um, in, goes in, uh, directly. Yeah. Can you hear me? It's not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me? 
I can hear you now when you say it's not me. We can oh, hear you perfectly. Okay. It's not me. It's <laughs> but, not me. And, and, and I see we've got three folk that are with us that's beyond us, or that's three of us. No, that, oh, hey, that was, it was Hello, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> <laughs> she's got, yeah, she's dealing we, with Zora screaming. Okay, Zora counts too. Even though she keeps giving me <laughs> frowny faces, she counts. Right. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, listen, I ain't paying no attention to that. I learned a long time ago. Um, because <laughs> um, oh, it's tough being a baby. Tell them, Zora. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Zora, Zora, Zora. Um, yeah, there you go. Zora, Zora, Zora. Um, but yeah, we grew um, the younger ones we grew the easier vegetables so that you would gain your confidence. And then as you grew older, you were given more challenging vegetables and, or, and, and, and other things. So, Got and it. there were also standards that were always grown. Um, we were collard greens or something like that. Collard greens was something that was grown throughout the neighborhood. So people had collard greens in their backyards. Um, there were the little, um, I came along in that era when, when people would repurpose um, uh, tires and make them into these little front yard gardens. I mean, when you're in a row home, every bit of space counts. And then people would also commandeer um, uh, vacant lots and grow things. So there are still several of those uh, community gardens that exist um, around different spaces in Philadelphia. But uh, during the 70s, 80s, and 90s, especially after the crack epidemic hit, um, uh, there were a lot of homes that um, had been lost to blight, communities that had been lost to blight. And those people that were still remaining in those communities found ways just like miss wilson did with us in this little dead-end street they found ways to repurpose those um lost portions of their neighborhood and create things so it wasn't just up. flower gardens there it was what what the, they used to call during world war ii victory gardens right so all of those all of those things the basics for living and um, nobody needed to worry about whether or not they uh, had anything to eat. Now, whether they wanted to eat it was another thing. Right. But you, gotcha. you had those basics. Right. Gotcha. And that was a part of what I was involved in as a child. That's what's up. And that is, that is officially our episode. <laughs> I mean, this is awesome. There's a lot of things that I clip from this that... Um, the mist and the pebbles, all these different things that makes, you know, life good. So, Hey, you, listen. Bobby. Yes, indeed. Listen, get some rest and um, let's continue to, uh, I, we want everybody to grow green with us because there is so much beauty in growing green. That's right. Amen. Thank you so much, Bobby. And we will definitely, right now. we will definitely be right. back next week. With another episode Looking of Grow Green with us. Happy May Day, and we've got Mother's Day coming up. And Mother's Day is a real big day for flowers and plants and all of that. So 
we'll talk before then about some of the best um, uh, uh, foliage to get for mamas and and mother figures, period. Doesn't have to be your mother. It just has to be a mother figure. <laughs> I like that. And we can also talk about the farmers that you gave me the article that are keeping the legacy of those uh, heritage seeds so different rare versions of collard greens and other things can be grown. So I'm excited for that. And the fact that Naima, my wife, is going to be a mother. I mean, she is a mother, rather. This will be our first Mother's Day as a mother. So it's, I'm definitely looking forward to our next episode. Oh, I can't wait. So we'll, we'll put together some more to share. And, um, you know, be well and stay blessed. Keep rising. Keep shining. Hashtags on all of that. And continue to grow green with us. That's right. And feel your vibe and find your tribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) All righty. Be well now. Talk to you soon. That's another episode of Grow Green with us. And we're out. You guys stay safe, please.